The key is how do we use the media, how does the church learn to engage the media without being co-opted by the media. As, as a good friend of mine, Al Kasha, says we need more Christians in Hollywood, but less uh, Hollywood in the Christians. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of First Person with today's guest, Ted Baer of Movie Guide. I'm Wayne Shepherd. It's great to have you back with us this week for another story of how God calls us to faith and then into His service. We'll meet Ted in just a moment. I hope you'll visit us online at firstpersoninterview.com. You can follow up today's conversation for more information, listen to interviews in the archive, and see the schedule of guests and topics to come, all at firstpersoninterview.com. Also, follow us on Facebook to interact with other listeners and see the latest news. Go to facebook.com forward slash firstpersoninterview. Ted Bear has an unusual calling from the Lord. His ministry is to those in Hollywood where there is more going on spiritually for the Lord than you might think. Ted also publishes Movie Guide, which helps guide all of us in making wise choices about what we watch coming out of Hollywood. Ted and I talked on the phone recently, and I started by asking him about the family he grew up in. Well, my parents were actors. My mother was a star with MGM and uh, was named as one of the top stars at that time. And my father won the box office award in 1936 and starred in many movies before World War II and a few after World War II. He was most famous for the, uh, his name was Ted Bear, but he played under Bob Tex Allen when he was doing the Western uh, series. And um, so I grew up in uh, Broadway after World War II. He was on Broadway a lot of the time and grew up outside of the faith and uh, and came to Christ uh, after somebody gave me a Bible after financing five uh, sleazy feature films. One of them was part of the film that uh, launched Oliver Stone's first movie career. So um, that was back in, uh, you know, 1974, 75, so a long time ago. Someone actually gave you a Bible, and that was the catalyst. Well, what happened was is that I was I grew up you know, on Broadway and doing things that we couldn't talk about on your radio program because you dropped me from the program and uh, being very left-wing. And uh, somebody said, why do you have this attitude? I went to Dartmouth, Cambridge, University of Bordeaux, and Toulouse, University of Munich. And my father, because he was on Broadway, just kept, and my mother died when I was young. So he kept sending me to colleges and universities and NYU Law School. And I worked uh, on the and started the environmental law department at NYU and all of this stuff. So somebody said, why are you so negative about uh, Christianity? And said, could you just read the Bible and tell me what's wrong with it? And that took a little bit of time before uh, I said yes to get away from him, and then uh, you know the pressure mm-hmm. mounted for several months, and then I started reading Matthew and said, "It's uh, you know not uh, coherent, all the begats," <laughs> but uh, I persisted, and God got me. It's always God. It's always God. It never us. Yeah. So it's always God who chooses us. It's always God who motivates us. It's always God who carries us through. And when I came to Christ, I started stopping by. Uh, uh, a church, a very uh, wonderful church in New York, that uh, Presbyterian church that 
to pray, and the pastor, after a couple of months, asked me to uh, drop by on Sunday, and I said, what do you do on Sunday, which I should have known. So all of those things led me to go to uh, seminary, and uh, after seminary, I was elected to be head of the denominational organization that did The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe on CBS television. We had 37 million viewers and won an Emmy Award, and uh, and then I said, you know, it took them 26 years to launch that program. The average movie on the mo- in Hollywood takes 13 years. So I said, how can we be more uh, intentional about redeeming the media? And that's when we started uh, doing the movie guide and uh, uh, Good News Communications and Christian Film and Television Commission. And eventually, uh, uh, we launched out into doing the gala. When we started, there was one movie with positive Christian content. And last year, it was 57%. And right now, we're putting together the figures for this year. And it's a mammoth undertaking because we review 100% of the films that open in nine theaters or more. And, you know, there are about 15,000 TV programs. So by the time you do all the work that's involved, it's uh, everybody looks at the 80-page report and six-point type and says, that's amazing. But it's much more amazing to think about all the work that has to be done. Yeah. Well, we're going to put all the information on our website so people can follow along with movie guide and and the rest. But, you know, your, uh, your transformation was so sudden and some people just run the other direction. You, you stayed uh, in the entertainment field. Why? Well, I, you know, first place there's no better. Every mission field is wonderful and it's wherever God calls you. So it's, you know, God called me to this and, uh, uh, having grown up in it, having finance feature films, having uh, uh, done different uh, parts when I was little, it was a, it was a natural. I mean, I just didn't leave the the industry just because I came to Christ. Bloom where you're planted. But then this second part of that is uh, soon after I came to Christ, and while I was in seminary, I went to hear some lectures by the head of the FCC on the influence of movies and entertainment, and that convicted me after financing those films before I came to Christ that we needed to clean up the media. And the media is the primary uh, influence in our society. And uh and that's mainly the you know the major media gets uh, a tremendous amount of influence on our kids and so what we do is twofold one i worked as head of the tv department city university of new york so we teach and we got 60 professors together to develop the first media literacy course to teach people how to uh, uh you know teach their kids to be media wise and then uh, the second thing is to uh, influence uh, and help people in hollywood to reach a broader audience so we do these detailed economic analysis of the box office. We give out uh, thousands of dollars in prizes for Hollywood movies with faith and values, and uh, it's it's become a very positive tool for attracting people to help them to understand, to support the good and reject the bad. When you had that spiritual transformation, were there people who tried to discourage you, or were there Christian people who encouraged you to do what you're doing? That's a good question, and I've never, uh, you know, I've never, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, the the, the industry uh, is always easier to deal with than. And of course, the people of faith, because the people of faith have, uh, who are wonderful in God's gift, and the church is the bride of Christ, and uh, we love the church, and I do theology. 
I do it mainly for teenagers, and I was head of a department at Berkeley that did theology and all of that. But uh, the fact of the matter is that the church is always uh, uh, trying to establish itself in society and is worried about, uh, one, either uh, becoming too strident or, two, becoming too antinomian uh, and lawless. And uh, that balance is always creating tensions, and those tensions have created fissures and uh, disputes for years. And as Paul says very clearly in the Bible, you know, it doesn't matter whether you have fights and quarrels as long as you don't uh, split with one another. So I'd say uh, the, the industry, but now when I started, the industry was very open. And they've always been open and we get a lot of support in the industry. And uh, sometimes you get people in the, who are not aware of the physical mandates against, uh, you know, uh, being uh, uh, mean-spirited. And uh, so they they will criticize, but, you know, they come and go. So that's that's the way life goes. Do you find that Hollywood in general, and we're speaking in gener- generalities, of course, do you find that they scratch their head over people of faith? Um, I don't think so. You know, I mean, Hollywood is a very broad place. You know, looking at Hollywood is like Hollywood looking at the church. When Hollywood looks at the church, they look for people who wear collars and things like that. And when the church looks at Hollywood, they have some stereotype of Quentin Tarantino or somebody in Hollywood. But, you know, one point uh, of the six major studios, the five of them who are healthy right now, uh, four of them were headed up by Christians or at Christians in the top three slots. And, you know, and uh, one of them was owned by the Japanese. And, uh, uh, you know, so that left one that was owned by uh, people who weren't uh, background in Christian faith. So a lot of the stereotypes are wrong. There's a lot of, and a lot of the people, you know, I'm always amazed. One of my friends is uh, the head of one of the biggest uh, film finance companies, and he called me. I called him actually. I, I sent him an email and said, uh, "Why did you support one of the worst movies of the year? Good, uh, good old-fashioned uh, orgy." And uh, he, uh, you know, said, "Oh, that's the movie I told you I was going to be embarrassed by." So you know, they they try to make money. Hollywood does. Uh, is very complex. It's very disparate. It's uh, just like anybody in any community. Uh, they they make movies to reach different audiences. So uh, it's just like car companies. A car company will want to make sedans to make you know, to reach the person who's just driving to his office, and they want to make SUVs for the mom with several kids and has to take the baseball team to out to Baskin Robbins, and they'll make. Uh, uh, convertibles for young guys that want to pick up girls. It'll make minis for young girls that want to avoid guys. And so Hollywood, uh, like car companies, wants to make a variety of films. They make African-American films with Tyler Perry in order to reach that audience. They make Spanish-speaking films for people who uh, speak Spanish. My wife's family was Argentine. Uh, they somehow lump all those people together and, and uh, put them into one box. But they try to reach different audiences. They try to reach the the boys who want action and adventure and the girls who want romance and the moms and pops who want parental guidance and all of those different groups. Ted, do you, do you often find yourself in a position of, I guess, almost spiritual counselor to, to people who know what you stand for and ask questions of you at the right time? Well, we do a lot of script analysis, a lot of, uh, you know, when, when I say a lot, uh, we have people coming to Christ. We have, you know, one Easter service that we had, we had uh, 
uh, you know, a variety of people who were Jewish, Mormon, Muslim, who had come to Christ to give their testimony. So we have a whole range of activities in, in the interest of redeeming the media. That's part one, part two of today's conversation with Ted Bear, Movie Guide, coming up in just a moment on First Person. Next time, our guest will be from Finland. His name is Hanu Hauka. God had a different plan for my life, turned me around, and he sent me to a place that he had prepared. And uh, it's been just the, the adventure of a lifetime, serving him yeah, in, in bringing the gospel to these people in these nations. Hanu is with an evangelistic ministry focusing on unchurched people in hard-to-reach countries. And you'll meet him next time on First Person. My guest on First Person today is Ted Bear of Movie Guide. And uh, Ted, I've known you for a long time, but we've never really sat down and talked together like we have the opportunity to do today. Now, I've heard you lecture on the history of film and the church, and that's fascinating to me. I don't think most people understand that there is a history there. Well, there's a history of film in the church, and there's a history of the church's relationship with uh, entertainment and uh, arts. Uh, and You know, all arts uh, come from God. Uh, God has created us to be creative. We're created in the image of God, and He's created us to be communicative. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So we embody those characteristics that are natural to us as being at the image of DA, being created in the image of God. Uh, now, that doesn't mean we aren't fallen and we misuse those, but throughout the centuries, you know, great uh, <laughs> improvements in music or whatever, like the piano came up and the Pope, uh, one of the popes uh, banned the piano. And for years, what we have as modern drama was the mystery plays that were playing in um, you know, the towns and the byways in uh, England and all throughout Europe. And uh, that was the way people got their gospel because they couldn't read Latin. And the mystery play at York Minster would go on for 10 days and it would start off with Adam and Eve and end up with Revelation and uh, and do the whole Bible. And in Revelation, they'd have a big cauldron and they'd have uh, phony flames and people would be thrown into the pit of darkness. So the whole thing was portrayed. Then I think that was outlawed by, uh, you know, priests felt that it was competing with their sermons, which probably weren't as good as they could have been. So Pope Innocent III outlawed the mystery plays and the guys who were creating him, being created in the image of God to be creative and communicative, then went off and started doing uh, plays in the, in the bars and the highways and the byways and became very salacious. So the church needs to have a a look at what it can do to to encourage the arts like it did in the Renaissance, even with people like Michelangelo, who weren't necessarily the, the best people in the world, but they created some of the most beautiful art in the world. Yeah. And in the movie industry itself, uh, you know, Thomas Edison tried to give the rights to the motion picture uh, projector to his church, a Presbyterian church in New Jersey, and they, and they didn't take it. Wait, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. I got, you, tell me that story again. What happened? Uh, Thomas Edison was trying to give the rights, the trademark or the copyright to the motion picture camera to his local Presbyterian church. And the first radio station was done in a church in uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah, sure. And uh, the f- television was invented by, you know, a, um, 
you know, we can argue about his Christianity, but he thought he was being invented for educational purposes by a farmer in the West. So all of those, uh, God is always the one who inspires creation. And uh, the question is, what do you do about it? I mean, the guy who invented color TV, who wanted it used for for educational purposes, was so depressed by the way it was used that he finally uh, died by driving into a uh, one of the bridge abutments on a freeway. So uh, the key is, how do we use the media? How do we... Um, how does the church learn to engage the media without being co-opted by the media? As as a good friend of mine, Al Kasha, says we need more Christians in Hollywood, but less uh, Hollywood in the Christians. <laughs> Uh, even in the early days of Hollywood, uh, certainly prior to 19, 1930, the, wasn't the church involved in a greater way in Hollywood, and then it went through a dark period? Well, that's that's another aspect of the story, and I, I'm sorry if I went off on a different tangent there. The other aspect of the story is the beginning of movies. Uh, 1897, there was a passion play done by the Lumiere brothers, and then 1898 were three Christian dramas, and by 1914, most of the movies were being shown in churches, so you can buy a wonderful book written by a friend of mine, and probably a friend of yours, who uh, called The Silence, S-I-L-E-N-T-S, of God, talking about how the fact in 1914, the movie companies, uh, producers, uh, showed their movies to all the churches at a gathering of all the churches, uh, sort of like the uh, uh, National Council of Churches in, in Columbus, Ohio. And it was the biggest screen that was ever built. But then the next year, the, the theater owners, who had come from the Nickelodeon and the arcade business, mm-hmm. uh, protested. And they said, if you're going to show it in churches, we won't show it in the theater. So the production companies had a had a difficult task. And from 1915 to about 1930, there, there was a lot of debauchery in movies. And then in the early 30s, uh, Three guys from St. Louis, Joseph Breen, Martin Quigley, and Daniel Day Lord, came in and talked with uh, Jack Warner and said, "We can help uh, help you reach a broader audience by not offending people. How many empty seats do you want at the theater?" And they started the uh, uh, Catholic Film Office, the Protestant Film Office, and so from 1933 to 1966, you had the major church film offices, and 100 percent of the films were at least something you could take any child to see. You may not want to, but they were broad audience. And then in 1966, the church shut down its film office, the Protestant church, Protestant film office, and you went from 100% what would have been G-rated films within three years to 82% R-rated films. You went from the greatest story ever told uh, to the first X-rated film, from The Sound of Music to the first Sex and Satanism film, from from Mary Poppins to the first ultraviolet film. So, uh, you know, within the church leaving Hollywood produced a a tremendous uh, decay of entertainment. But in the last decade and more, we've seen a lot of good things happen. There's been uh, many, many films come out that uh, Christians in, 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 uh, in general can accept wholeheartedly. There are, and you know, there are more and more of them, and some of them are extremely overt. Now, there's always a, uh, 
you know, a, a battle going on and how much of it is uh, acceptable for all ages. I I love Les Miserables, which is out right now, which has got one of the strongest conversion scenes, I think, in any movie, but it's certainly only for adults only because it does show the debauchery and, uh, uh, you know, the sinfulness of man at the same time. It's about the miserables, <laughs> the miserables being the sinfulness of man. So you're not going to take uh, a young child there. So, uh, you know, I, I would urge families always to be cautious of what they see. Hollywood is always struggling of how to tell good stories. I had the guy who, who was the producer of The Godfather who said that he had had a conversion experience, and he sent me a church, uh, script that he had done to analyze on Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur has been done many times, mm-hmm. by the way, including the silent versions. Mm-hmm. And um, I talked to him about one scene which looked uh, very uh, salacious and he said oh you need that in a movie to sell the movie I said no because this is really a church movie and this is the story of the Christ so you're always in that engaged in that dialogue of, uh, of Hollywood trying to figure out how to reach an audience well let's talk specifically about movie guide and, and what you're doing what what is your vision what's the mission that you're trying to accomplish Ted well movie guide it, is part of the mission. The mission is to redeem the media, uh, and the and the motivating factor on there is to hopefully return to a new golden age to have <laughs> what we would say if we were theologically minded to have renewal and revival take place in the entertainment industry. And we're seeing a lot of good things happen, as you pointed out in your last question. Uh, but Movie Guide is a tool there. One, it helps parents and children choose the good and reject the bad and gives them a heads up. We don't do thumbs up or thumbs down. We give people enough information to make their own wise choices and hopefully we help them develop discernment. Um, one of our uh, staff uh, officers said, why don't we just tell them go or not go? And I said, no, because we want people to start thinking right. about what they're seeing and start making wise decisions. Then the other side of it is to collect data so that we can do the report to the entertainment industry. And then the outreach in Hollywood is the Christian Film and Television Commission that does the gala. And then the outreach to families on a deeper level is the culture-wise and media-wise family with the tools to teach parents how to teach their kids to be media-wise. And we're doing now an eight-week course uh, for churches so that they can make it as simple as possible to teach their congregations uh, how to be media-wise, how to want to choose the good and reject the bad without a lot of supervision and a lot of negative nabobbing. I read one of your blogs recently where you seem to be surprised and and, uh, happy that someone that you never would expect to reach out to you did reach out to you and invited you to a party and was very pleasant towards you and all that. that, Does that happen very often? Uh, Happens every day. (laughs) uh, Today we have to go to a big award ceremony in Hollywood where we will have, uh, you know, some of the uh, top major producers, writers, and directors. So, uh, Let's see, we've got, uh, last year there was Ben Affleck who was there, Christian Bale, you know, I said hello to, and uh, was talking to Steven Spielberg and other people that I've known for a long time. You'll have almost all the big names in Hollywood there, including some of them that we wish would get their act together, like Quentin Tarantino. You must think about your role as salt and light in what you do. I do, and I, I, I think about it, though, in the, in the context of... Uh, you know, uh, of what do we do to fulfill God's vision that he's put on our heart? And uh, 
God is always leading the way, and He's always opening the doors. And He's opened doors not just here, but a big part of the box office is overseas, 60% of the box office. So uh, we've started a movie guide in different places in the world to, uh, to help audiences all over the world choose the good and reject the bad. Ted Baer of Movie Guide, today's guest on First Person. I hope to remember to pray for Ted, his staff, and supporters as they go about their spiritual calling in Hollywood. If you've joined us late today and want to hear the full conversation, you can always click on the Listen button at FirstPersonInterview.com to hear this or any previous interview. FirstPersonInterview.com. And we're found on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash FirstPersonInterview. Last month at this time, I had the opportunity to travel for ministry to Moscow and Russia, and next week, you'll hear one of those interviews recorded in Moscow. Hanu Hauka will tell a great story of faith during the days of Soviet persecution. Now, with thanks to my friend and producer, Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Looking forward to having you join us next time for First Person. First Person.